Father God, I pray that you would all give us ears, that we would hear what you would say, Lord. Uh, We need to hear from you, Jesus. We don't need to hear from men. We need to hear from heaven. So Holy Spirit, have your way tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. What's up, you guys? Uh, We were going to do something different tonight, um, and then we had a rash of people getting under the weather, so we decided to do something different. We were going to do like a flyover of the whole history of the ministry uh, because a lot of people don't have a clue uh, where we started, how we came to this point, what happened in Wright City, what happened downtown, etc., etc. But we're not going to do that tonight because we're going to wait for more people to get back. And there's a lot of pictures to share, some videos and stuff like that. Uh, Just last week in India, they actually had a meeting in their own building. Praise the Lord. Amen. So when we were there uh, a couple years ago, there was no building. We just kind of traveled around from village to village. So when we go back, we'll be able to go to Misfits for Jesus Christian Church in India. Praise God. So the Bible says don't despise small beginnings, right? In Uganda, they're doing the same thing. Out but they have a building there too. But it just didn't happen. I mean, and it's important for us to remember these things. We started and how we ended up here. So we're going to do that in a couple of weeks, hopefully when everybody gets back. But I think it's kind of timely, um, especially after hearing your come on, man. The title of the message, Are You Saved? Are You Saved? That's just the title of the message. It's a pretty simple question, and, and it was prompted a little bit because at group the other day, a friend of mine had mentioned that one of his people at work thought he was a Christian. Who thought they were a Christian before they were Christians? Who just thought, man, we're American, man? Of course I'm Christian. Or I'm American. I thought I was Catholic. <laughs> I did. If people would have said, hey, what religion are you? Well, I'm a Catholic. Why? Because I do the blessed are gifts prayer. And I, we would have a, uh, a battle to see how fast we could say it. Katrina, I would do it real fast. Blessed are the gifts for you from the bottom of Christ, Lord, amen. Bam. Bam. Just like that. And I thought I was a Christian. There are a lot of people out there walking around right now, I suspect, that says some flimsy prayer back in 1982, uh, and they're basing all of their salvation on this one prayer, this moment in time, that God seemed to become close, and maybe they responded. And nothing has happened in their life. Uh, you know, Richard, what's it saying, guys? Yeah, if you are what you were, then you ain't. Uh, doesn't mean if you're perfect now, because we're fallible, we're not perfect, we get off track, we come back, uh, and all these things. But if you are what you were, you're not saved. And I think I know everybody in here for the most part to the choir, but never hurts to be reminded, correct? So you want to hear something scary? Turn to Matthew 7. Imagine, this is Jesus talking, and imagine um, living your whole life, going to church, uh, you know, singing in the choir, or uh, making meals for the homeless, or on meal, whatever the thing is, your whole life. And imagine hearing at the end of your time, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven. On judgment day, many will say, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Another one would say, get away from me, workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. You know, we would, um, that's scary. Is that scary, guys? Matthew 7, in verse 21 through 23. You guys should know that. That's good, wasn't it? You should know that, right? So nobody wants to hear that, right? And it's our job to go out and make sure we do our part uh, to share the gospel. What they do with it is not, it's not on us. Our hands are clean, right? So do you know there's a way that you can know? Because sometimes if you're honest, when you're kind of doing dumb things or thinking dumb things, sometimes you're like, man, how in the world could a saved person think like that? You see what I'm saying? It's like, how can I help in this place? I know God. I've been saved. And then you start, the devil starts, you know, the devil is accuser, the accuser of the brother. And you start going, man, maybe you're not saved because no saved person would do this or think that or be like that. We all, from time to time. But there's a way to know, right? Well, you know, and that's a good, because we examine ourselves to make sure that you're in the faith. The very fact that you're questioning is a great sign. The very fact that you're thinking, man, well, how can I possibly think like that? That's a great sign. Because you're learning to hate it. I don't want to hate. I don't want to do things that offend the Father. I don't want to. Even though I do, I don't want to. Read chapter 7 of Romans. It'll tell you all about the, the battle. But turn to your first john and first john's a cool book because there was a lot going on in first john uh, you had hypocrisy you know what hypocrisy is people say sometimes i don't go to church because there are hypocrites there well like you go to home depot you go to hardy's you go to mcdonald's you go to work you go to your family functions and there's hypocrites there but it doesn't stop you from going it's just a great convenient excuse to not go to church because it is a place for the sick Right? Uh, we're just not afraid to admit it. We're pretty messed up. So we need Jesus bad. We need him. Every day I need Jesus because I just can't seem to get it right without him. Right? Somebody had a shirt the other day. I don't know who it was. Michael Lemus has a cool shirt. Usually it said, without Jesus, I suck. <laughs> I just a great shirt. It was it Marty's shirt? Martin had it? It was a great shirt. Without Jesus, I suck. I, uh, without Jesus, I suck, but I still suck, but not as bad, or something like that. But if you look at uh, 1 John 2, verses 3 through 5, and I don't even know if this is on, I'm not even going to worry about the PowerPoint now, because I, I kind of changed it up. And we can be sure that we know him if his commandments. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. Word truly show how completely they love Him. That is how we know we are living in Him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Do you remember... Um, 
it's been a couple years. But remember the, uh, the word that we learned together? It was a Hebrew word, a Greek word for keep. If you love me, keep my commandments. Remember that? Well, as a saying, and I, I love Adrian Rogers' description of this word. The word keep would have been a term that the Greek fishermen would have well known this word. It was a word that when they were out fishing on the Sea of Galilee, that they would keep the stars. They would look up and kind of bring the boat back in alignment with the stars. Because you guys know that you can't keep the law. You know that, right? You can't do it. That's why Jesus came and kept it for us. But by keeping his commandments, we're saturating our mind with this. When we're getting off track, we bring our line and our lives back in alignment with what God said. That's what he's keeping the commandments. Because you can't keep the commandments. So he's not referring to some legal system that gets you right and keeps you right uh, by following rules. The bottom line is you can't follow rules. But when you understand and you're growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, you want to follow the rules. It's like a, like a, a, a caboose following a train. It's just going to eventually, you're going to want to follow him. How many people in here have been following Jesus for over five years? And you're walking a, a straighter line than you did when you started. How many of you people in here 10, 15 years, you're like, well, son of a gun, you know? I'm really, thank you, Jesus. Uh, I'm walking. But you still know you need a Savior. Just imagine this. I thought about this the other day. It's like, I've never walked straighter. You know, I'm not saying it's straight. I've never walked straighter. More since I got in this building, this sentenced me to hell. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter how straight you walk. You can't walk a perfect line. Only Jesus did that for you. So some churches would say, if you don't walk this line, well, you're not saved. I think it's impossible to walk that line. That's why Christ did it for us. So it prompts us out of grace to go, thank you, Jesus. Help me walk a straight line because I know that I can't do it. I can't do it. That's the whole point. It's kind of cool, isn't it? Wrestling with things. I just can't get it right. The very fact that you recognize you can't get it right is a good sign. And then you confess and come back. So I'm going to challenge you this. And this isn't really what we're talking about. We're not even anywhere near what I was going to do. And that's okay. I'm okay with it. Read 1 John. No, not now. <laughs> At home. But it'll give you all these little tests that you can go, oh, okay. This is good. Let's take one. 1 John, well, there you go. Bam. Thank you. 1 John 1, 9. How do you know? This is the message we heard from Jesus. This now we clear to you. God is light and, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say a fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, but the light as God is the light. Then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins... To him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. The first thing you could do is go, are you confessing your sins to him? If you're going, yeah, I am. That's a good check in the right column. Are you in fellowship? That's another check in the right column. But the whole book is like a, a checklist to, to check your walk, to examine yourselves, to make sure that you're in the faith. The whole book is all about that. We're not going to get into that, but there, trust me, it's in there. Dig for yourselves. Before you were saved, uh, a new God, 
Did you think of about God? Did you think of ways to please him? Did you think maybe God graded on a bell curve? You're not as bad as Hitler. You're not as good as Mother Teresa. But you're somewhere in the middle, kind of a C-grade center. You're hoping that would be good enough? I did. And then you would occasionally do some good things, you know. You would, you know. But, so, three major ways that people try to get to God. Religion. Turn to your Bibles real quick to Matthew 23 and 13. Does religion save you guys? Matthew 23, 13. Now, Jesus was always hard on religious people. Very hard on the Pharisees who thought they had no need of a Savior. Really hard on them. He was always kind to sinners, though. He was kind to, like, losers. Which, really, I love Jesus because he was so kind to me when I'm a loser. <laughs> Are you saying amen because you're glad he's kind to you or amen that I'm a loser? Okay. Okay. Because... Jesus, uh, the Bible says he chose the foolish things to shame the wise. Because nobody's going to rob God of his glory. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law. And you Pharisees. Pharisees were the Jewish leaders. They were, had all the pedigree. They were a big deal. Hypocrites. For you shut the door on the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves and you don't let others enter either. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cross land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell that you yourselves are. Wow. Can you imagine what they must have thought? Can you imagine? Uh, we have a few in here that that same kind of pattern. <laughs> and I've, I've seen it. It's like, you're a little, a little bit hard. Let's put the Bibles away. Stop beating on people. Let's do a little bit of that. But what he's getting at is religion cannot save you. In fact, it will keep you from going to heaven. Right? You guys with me? Okay. How about morality? Anybody know some really, really moral people that don't know Jesus? They don't, they don't go to church? I actually know atheists that are really moral people. Good people. Help down at the pantries. They do all these things. I personally know of a few or have known of a few. They're really moral people. How is this possible? Is that good enough? What if you're good? They're, they're really good. They really don't lie a whole lot. They don't cheat a whole lot. That's not good enough? Turn your Bibles real quick to Luke 18. Eighteen and eighteen. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. It's so cool how Jesus just gets right to the point. He doesn't mess around. He gets right to the point. Why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. So what he's asking, do you know that I'm God? 
Are you saying that you think that I'm God? Because only God is truly good. Why would you say that if you didn't know? So this guy knows there's something going on here. Can't really put his finger on it. Only God is good, truly good. But you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not, you must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Hit pause. He must have known something was missing because if he'd done all these things, why was he going to Jesus to ask the question, why do, how do I get eternal life? So his inner witness was already working. You know there's something. You know you're off. There's something missing. What is it? Well, the missing piece was standing right in front of him. When Jesus heard this answer, he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come, follow me. Now, as Jesus is saying as a pattern to all of us, walk out of here, sell your cars, sell your homes, and all that. He's not saying that. He's getting to this guy to understand, you think that you've obeyed all this, but you really haven't. You're not as good as you think that you are. One thing you haven't done, sell your possession to give the money to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. But the man heard this, became very sad, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And I've heard all kinds of things about, you know, the, the camel going through one of the needle gates and offloading equipment, whatever the case. It's really, really hard. Uh, I know people. And let me tell you a story about a person that I know. The person's name would have been Jill. Right? We're at the house working at her house. And this pertains, so this isn't one of those squirrel things. Although it's not one of those squirrel things. It's both. And uh, for years... We would tell this person about Jesus. We would go in, and a little hard at the beginning, because I was a new, newer Christian. You know when you're a new Christian, it's almost like when you're, uh, I have never spoke, but some people want to get off cigarettes, they feel like they need to tell everybody in the whole world to get off cigarettes now. Right? Okay. I was kind of like that, for the wages of sin is death, and all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God, and I suggest you get off, buddy, or you're going to hell. Now, we know that that's the truth. That's the absolute truth, right? Yeah, that's, that'll, that'll kill a party in a hurry, trust me. But it'll also kill a witness, if you're not careful. It'll also mess up a witness. Uh, now, as a fisherman, a more experienced fisherman, I prefer to take the long view. Pray a little more, invest, maybe wait for an open door, this kind of thing, or, and maybe just turn them over. It's not my problem. You've heard my spiel. You're not buying it, so nothing I can do. So anyway, we're working with this person, and uh, Barry and I were having our normal church service in their living room, and we're not, Barry, did you t talk about the repentant part? No, we're just having a conversation privately between the two of us. Now, it probably was her, Jill. Anyway, uh, this person was, there were two accountants, and they had budgets, and it would say, this penny will be spent for painting, this penny will be spent for Dollar spent for bricklaying or whatever, you know, because they make more money than us. But the point would be 
that they knew where every dime went. So it was not like them to add things on. Okay? You feel me? So at the end of getting the living room done, she said, excuse me, can you guys give me a quote on the uh, bathroom too? Which was really out of character for this person because, again, they were line-item people. Yeah, okay, I mean, we have a now price and a later price. <laughs> if you want to pay the now price, cool. Well, she wanted to pay the now price. Then they had something else on. I'm going, there's something afoot here, Barry. There's something going on. Well, we got ready to go to lunch, and we had just bought another friend of ours who has a ton of money, his very own Bible, with his name on the front of it. Because this man, I've been to Uganda, I've been to all these places, and I would bring him back things, and he would just always trump it. We come back and it's like, Good Lord, I went to Uganda and got this thing, and he was in Botswana and bought that thing. Are you kidding me? He hadn't, but he didn't have the Word of God. Didn't understand the Word of God, and he was broke and blind and lame and didn't even realize it, right? And we've been working on this guy for years, one of our best friends. Anyway, uh, we go into the kitchen, and I told Jill, we're going to go to the uh, lunch break with a friend. We'll be back, and she said, excuse me, I've been listening to you and Barry talk about your faith. And I'm talking 20 years, guys. And we have got the door slammed in our face multiple times from her. And I, she said, and I just really admire it. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Well, you can go get your own. There's plenty. Every person's been given a measure. She goes, well, if I, which one would I get? And I go, hold on, I'll be right back. I ran out and got the Bible. That was going to give to our other customer. I bring it I would get something like this. NLT life application. Very basic. Uh, you know, all this stuff. She goes, oh, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful call up our family Christian bookstore right over here at Mid-Rivers at the time. I said, hey, we just bought that Bible for a friend of ours. Uh, put uh, this name on the front of it, Jill Smith. And I'll be back in an hour to pick it up. So we go have lunch with this fella. We swing back by the, the uh, bookstore, pick it up, and we go to the front door. And uh, we said, excuse me, Jill, uh, we're, oh, I thought you were going to meet your friend to give him the Bible. I said, we did. But how would it look to have Jill Smith on his Bible, and she was just blown away. Now, I dog-eared it, and I go, well, you know, just read it. Read John. It's a great place to start. Uh, she said, but I, I want to be saved right now. I was like, well, Barry, put the roller down. Come on. Well, she gets saved on the job. My wife cleans for her. She calls up Lynn. I heard uh, later, Lynn asked, um, this person called Lynn amazing thing happened. I got saved. And then I was concerned about discipleship and all this stuff. You know what? The next day, she goes to a uh, book group and she comes in with her own Bible. And she said, and the most amazing thing happened, some workers, that's us, <laughs> came to my house and I got saved yesterday. And the leader of the group said, oh, you're talking about Barry and Randy? We knew her. She was like somebody we knew known for years. Now here's the kicker, and it's kind of sad. Things come in after you get saved and woo you away. And I know she got saved because I was there when it happened. But Jesus also tells a parable about the four types of soil, right? And I think that your soil type can change throughout your walks. Maybe sometimes you're more fertile than others. But I know now she's gotten away from a little bit and some trouble and affliction, physical affliction has come her way. And I know that she's going to come back to Jesus because we were there when it happened. 
There's a Greek word, two Greek words, and I love these words. My friend James Sutton uh, mentioned these words to me, and I, there's two different words. One for knowledge, it's called genoisko. And it's a knowledge that happens through affliction and trouble and an intimate knowledge. And you just know because you've been through it. Like this church. We've been through some stuff, man. I mean, for real. And there's another word for knowledge that the Greek... A head knowledge. It means I have a scent uh, to it. Uh, I, but there's a whole lot of difference between having a oida knowledge of God and a genoisko uh, knowledge of God. And I wonder how many people are walking out around there now that you, maybe you know, maybe it was us at one time that have more of an oida knowledge of God, a head knowledge of God, but it hasn't dropped that 18 inches into your heart and made a difference in your life. If that's you, you're not saved. You have to believe in your heart. Not believe in your head. You have to believe in your heart. If that's you, and something were to happen, you're separated forever. You can't go back. And again, I'm probably preaching to the choir. I hope so. But if not, we're going to give an opportunity to straighten up and get back right. And we all get off track, guys. The difference between... Uh, Falling away and falling down. Falling down is just part of the walk. Falling away should never happen. Ever. We're coming into a time in our country, man. I was like, dear Lord. You know, this is really getting quite serious. You know? But are we scared? Are we afraid? Do we shrink back? Do we go out and just, oh, God, what are going to do? No. We continue to do what we do with a little more fervor, with a little more frequency, with a little more unction. Because the church has always thrived when there's persecution. But you've got to settle it once and all individually. Are you saved and who do you stand for? I stand for Jesus. You know, I fail him every day, but at the end of the day, he's in charge of my life. He's the boss. He's the master. He does it. He wrote it. We do it. We keep his commandments we keep it and we read it and we find ourselves off track. We don't look for ways around it. We bring our lives back in sub subjugation to the Word. Not in some legalistic way, but because we love God and He loves us. He first loved us while we were yet still sinners and still died for us. And that just prompts this incredible response going, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm just so thankful to God that He saved a wretch like me. I just, I, you know, and I know, I, I think that's why it's so important for the church to continue to meet, to be together. It's one thing to be on Facebook, and I know there's times that we have to do that. We have to take care of our bodies and make sure that we distance and all of those things. But there's also a time that we say, you know what, 75 million people are going to go to church. We're showing up, and we're not going to. We're going to be in church. And when you say we can't go to church, we're going to continue to meet. It might look a little bit different. We might spread out and do these. But we're not going to stop meeting. We're not doing Because the Bible says, do not neglect the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. We can't do it. United we stand, divided we fall. Don't think for a second it's all part of some bigger thing, and I guarantee it is. But there are times, sit in front. 
Stay over there. Hey, I'm not feeling well. I got a headache. Stay home. We'll get within. But don't neglect meeting together. We can't do it. They might haul us. You guys understand that? Are you prepared? Because I am. I mean, at some point, you got to make your stand and go, you know what? We've capitulated. That's enough. Enough is enough. They can't arrest 75 million people, guys. If that's truly 75 million saved people, I don't think that's accurate. I think there are people with a lot of oida going on. But there's always a remnant. There's always a remnant of the true believers. Kind of off track here. But we know religion won't save you. Being a moral person won't save you. How about works? No, I mean, we work real hard. Let's, just, let's go there. Mark 10. But we're going to work real hard. Ten seventeen. I'm going to I'm going to go back to this and just kind of drill down on this. Remember, this guy is a good person. This ruler. Jesus just makes sure you know that religion won't save you, morality won't save you, and keeping. Doing good works won't save you. Anybody like doing good works? Why do you do good works? How about this? This is a great saying. When we first got saved, our preacher would say, and maybe you've heard me say it, does a dog bark become a dog? It does a dog bark because he is a dog. Does a Christian do good works to become a Christian? Or does a Christian do good works because he is a Christian? He does good works because I am a Christian. It has nothing to do with my salvation to Here's a, here's a praise God. You know how I know I'm saved? It has absolutely nothing to do with me. Nothing. Zero, goose egg, nada, nanya. Quick, nothing. All the religions in the world say, do this, do that, don't do this, do that, and stand on your head, and do the German alphabet, or whatever they do. Only Christian Christianity says, it's finished. You have to accept it as a free gift. Now with that gift, incredible responsibility. We've been given a trust. Ephesians 2.8, real quick. God saved us by grace when you believed. Believed with your heart, with your, with your head, or your heart. Believe in your heart. And you can't take credit for this. This is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things. Long ago. Isn't that great? I remember... Uh, when I first started reading the Bible. And um, I remember coming across that, and I didn't realize Ephesians 2.8 is a benchmark for the Christian. It's like one of those handholds that we just hold on to. But isn't it cool when you first start reading the Bible, like, son of a gun, nobody's ever read this one. I found this. I found this myself, Ephesians 2.8. Len, it's, you see what it says here? This was written just for me. Because you know what? It was. 
Isn't it? Just for me. And when you find it, you're like, oh, I think I'm going to hold on to that. That's a good one. And let's go ahead and follow that up. Why were we, why were we were created for good works? That men would look at it and glorify the Father when they see you doing all these good things and you say, hey, man, um, this is because Jesus saved me. I'm giving glory to God. This is why I do these things. This is why I don't do some of the stupid things I do. This is why I don't go drinking. This is why I don't go drugging. This is why I don't do all the stupid things I used to do. Because God, lifestyle, and now I pledge my life to him. I can't pay him back, but I'll serve him the rest of my life. How about the story of the uh, riverboat captain? Remember that story? It's a great story. It's a riverboat guy. And he, there's a, remember back in the day in the paddle boats? Well, uh, this, pap, this, this captain uh, was on a riverboat, and he had like a first mate, kind of like me and Barry. Sometimes I'm the first mate. Sometimes Barry's the first mate. In fact, you've seen it. Anyway, the riverboat captain's going down the road, and he's on a really fine ship, you guys. And every day he would see a paddleboat coming from the other way, and the first mate would run down there and was like, There he is! Captain! I love you! I love you, man! I love you. There goes the captain. Just, this goes on forever. Finally, the captain of the said ship, come here, man, I want to talk to you. I'm a captain. <laughs> you don't get that excited to see me. Why do you get so excited to see that captain? He goes, well, that's not a normal captain. You see, I was on his ship. I used to serve on his ship. One time the ship went down, and I was drowning. That captain came and saved my life. Saved my life and risked his own life. And I said, for the rest of my life, I'll point to the captain. I'll say, save me. My life is about Jesus. It's not perfect all the time. It's pretty messy, actually, quite frankly. But for the rest of my days, I will point to Jesus because he saved my life. He is enough saving power to save each and every person's life that calls on the name of Jesus. If you call on the name of Jesus, you shall be saved. As we just religion. Guys, religion cannot save you. You being good enough cannot save you. You doing all these good works in the world cannot save you. There's only one way and one name and a man shall be saved, Jesus Christ. That's it. It's very simple. Let's see if I have this little thing. I'm so excited I left it at home. Proverbs 24 and 6. Turn there real quick. I love this. I love the grace of the grace of God just to put up with us. The grace of God to be patient with us. The grace of God to save us, to sustain us, to ultimately glorify us with Jesus. You know, it's, it's 24-16. The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. Yeah, we mess it up. We're Christians. We're hypocrites. Basic guys. Don't think that you're not. There are times we're all hypocrites. But you know what? When shown that by the word we confess it say god i'm sorry 
He's like, okay, I don't even know what we're talking about. I don't remember because your sins are as far the east from the west. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? But we want to keep short accounts because that will mess up our it won't mess up our salvation. That's been settled because of what Christ did for us on the cross. But we want to keep short accounts, right? We don't want them to drag on forever because you get off track and next thing you know you'd be something. I had a really encouraging thing the other day happen. A church like this uh, invites all kinds of stuff because it's a church for sick people. Sick people come in and bring sick habits with them. So trying to show them, hey, there's your life, and when you come to Jesus, you need to repent and don't do that stuff anymore. Now we know it's a process. I mentioned and addressed shackers. Do you know what shackers are? A shacker? Well, Lynn and I were shackers. Shackers are people living together. And they're not married. You know, that's not mentioned in the Bible. Shacking is not actually prohibited. You know what is prohibited? Sex, when you're shacking, is absolute no-no. Fornicators and liars and thieves and drunkards will not inherit the kingdom. I got a text message after my shacking message. And it wasn't a whole message about shackers. It was just simply there. I didn't like, well, I see there's going to be some shackers in the house. Tonight's night to bust the old shacking message. <laughs> no. That wasn't what happened. I got a text message, most encouraging. About that long. And I have big words on my phone because I can't see very well. But still, it was a long text message. She said, you know what? This person said, I really appreciate you saying that. Because I've been convicted of it lately. And I'm not going to do it anymore. Actually, they were really honest. I said, I'm going to try. I said, praise God. My grace is sufficient. Because when you are at least trying, that's different than just, I'm going to live like I'm married. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And I'm going to make sure that I skirt around the obvious in the Bible that said, no fornicators will inherit the kingdom. I'd rather like stay away from that or at least try. You know? Then just go, I'm not going to do whatever. I'm going to go out and get drunk every other weekend. You're not even trying. You're not going to groups. You're not doing anything. You're just going to be a drunkard. The Bible is clear. You will not inherit the kingdom. You won't. How about try? So if that's you, I, I, we at this church... Jesus wants the he wants to give you life and abundantly, but you can't. He's not going to bless your mess. Can't bless your mess. It goes against the character of who he is as a person. God cannot lie. If you wrote it in there, you really need to check yourself. You don't want to wait till the end and go. I never knew you because if I'd have known you, you would have obeyed my commandments. And you didn't do this. You didn't even actually do any recon to see if the, what the preacher was said was right. Depart from me, I never knew you. Because if you would have known me, you wouldn't have done it in the first place. Doesn't mean you wouldn't have got off track. But for those people that are single, having relationships physically, and that's just what you do, you're not saved. And if you, you're not. Sorry, guys. Because 
I'm not sorry. That's just what God said. And I'd wondered uh, how, 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 you, how you do that and claim to know God. James 1.22 Christina, that's not on your thing, is it? I think it's James 1.22. Let's see. Yep. Listening and doing. Understand this, my dear brothers, and question you, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept God's word has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Now watch this. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do says and don't forget what you heard then God will bless you for doing it you cannot do some of these things that we've talked about and be saved you're going to come to the point and go I need help I don't want to do this like I said wrestle with it fight with it reach out to somebody and say I, I, he's hot or she's hot or, I, or whatever I don't know and say I don't, I, I don't want to do this Convicted of this? I don't know what to tell you. You really need to check yourself, guy. This is, this is this important. Because a lot of times, people that don't know Jesus are going, they're doing the same thing I'm doing. Why in the world would I want what they got? They just not have as much fun as we are. Because we're out doing whatever we want. They're saying they're not doing it, but they're out doing it because I'm seeing them. So I don't want what they got because it's not real. And I've looked on both sides of that thing. So I know. Pretty much an expert of being a hypocrite. Not anymore. I'm still a hypocrite on times, but I'm saying, in general, we, the church, especially now, this is a great time for us to really step up and be the answer or show them the solution. It's a different thing. We, we are the called out. If you're not peculiar, you may not be saved. If you look, look like everybody else, if you're doing what everybody else does, you may not be saved. The Bible says you're a peculiar person. People scratch their head and go, why don't they do that? Why don't they drop the F-bombs every time they turn around when they hit their hand with a hammer? Why do they not go and why do they just don't? We're peculiar. You should stand out. The Bible actually says you should stand out like stars in a perverse and crooked generation. It's getting perverser and crookeder. Don't you think that we should stand out even more? What a great opportunity. For us to just like, hey man, I don't claim to have it all figured out. You know the shortest testimony in the Bible? I don't know all that, but I do know this. I was blind, now I see. So you can say whatever you want. You can, you can call me uh, a church boy, a uh, Bible thumper. I, I don't know what, but I can tell what's going on out there right now. I can see that. That's like a road map for hell out there. This world is, you know what? And people are rearranging the decks on the, on the de or chairs on the Titanic. They're hunkering down. We should be letting go of this stuff because it's not going to be here much longer. You know? I mean, yeah, praise God. Um, 
Oh, I have a really cool psalm I found, too. Oh, where are you, Lord? Help me. You know what? It's funny thing is I'm going to find that psalm later, and I'll call everybody and tell them. But it was so good. And you know where it was? That little orange piece of paper that I left somewhere. Okay, but it was really good. Maybe I'll save that next time. So, church, is there somebody in your family that you want to see saved? Are you smacking them around with the Bible real good? Every time you see them, remind them what a loser they are, they're going to go to hell. I would suggest you maybe take a different approach. <laughs> I'm just saying. And some of that comes through maturity, you know. Um, but pray for them. Let your light... Oh, Dave, did you find it? My little yellow piece of... My guy got me. That's my guy. Okay. Thank you. Where'd you find it? It's, it's you know, behind every okay fella is a team of fellas and a great wife. Because I lose parts, I lose my phone, I lose my wallet, I lose keys. My friends are always going, hey, dude, here's your keys. Hey, here's your this. I was like, thank you, Jesus. That's why we need each other. I need you guys. Okay, now here's a test. For you guys, because if we're not careful, you can let the, the accuser beat you down, and he's a liar. The devil's a liar, okay? So this is, a, let's just, ha, okay. Have you repented of your sin? Do you hate sin now? Walk it all perfect, but you hate it when you mess up. Okay? Are your sin decreasing in your life? Are they getting less? Do you desire to be obedient? I want to, I want to be obedient. I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to live for you. I want to impact my generation, or at least a little sphere. I desire to be obedient. Do you have increasing love for others? Hmm. Even the ones that may not be like you? Okay, I'm just saying we're perfect. We're working. Do you hunger for God's word? Do you love when other people get saved? I, I think it's funny when... Uh, let me say this. Hit pause on that thing. I'm going to come back to that just for a second. You know, I think there's a thing going around. I just don't say I'm a Christian because... You know what? I say I'm a Christian because that's what the Bible called them. It first happened in Antioch. If it was good enough for them, it's good enough for me. I am a Christian. I follow Jesus. I've given my heart. I give my life, and I trust him. I am a Christian. And I think when more people that are truly following Jesus, set apart, filled with the Holy Ghost, when those people say that I am a Christian, we don't need some new name for it. We don't need some, I'm a Christian in the truest sense. I think we need to get back to that. Let's take the name back and tell people that if you're not living a Christian life, do not call yourself a Christian because you're making it hard on the other people like us that are actually trying. How about that? So I'm, I've repented from saying things like, I'm a follower of Jesus. Uh, I am a follower of Jesus, but first and foremost, I am a Christian. I love people getting saved. And sometimes uh, when you, when you uh, see somebody get saved, if heaven rejoices over one sinner, just one, 
you know, praise God for the big churches that are baptizing thousands. I don't know. That's great. Praise God. Amen. But they're just, God in heaven are just excited over one. Right? So when you say, hey, man, something like this, oh, that's great. Good for you. Anyway, the cardinals are on it. What? Seriously? I mean, are you excited? We want to see people get saved. Are you serving? And I know a little church like this, it's kind of hard to serve, but there we, we, you got to figure it out. Am I right or not? You kind of just keep, what, you know, you got to kind of just find something. There's something to do. Maybe it's part of the prayer team. Maybe it's part of volunteering Rich to make breakfast, <laughs> which we all appreciate because they're homemade biscuits next week. Make sure you're here because that's, you know what that is? That's celebrating the goodness of God and is bountiful. That's what that is. Everything that we do here, to the prayer chains, to the car shows, to faith fest, it's all moot if people aren't getting saved. If the whole point is people get saved and come to know Jesus and walk that line to magnify God. That's the point. Otherwise, just go join Knights of Columbus or something. We've got better things to do. We want to see people get saved and make a difference for Jesus. That's what we want because that's what He wants. Oh, how about this one? Have you experienced discipline? Anybody ever have to go by on that long walk behind the woodshed with Jesus? Not fun. But it's all so good. The King James says, if you haven't experienced you're a bastard. That's what the King James Version says. You're a bastard child. Right? So if, we've, if you've been, got a little hop, hop, hop from Jesus, it's good because it means you're a child. Amen? He loves us because he doesn't want to see us get so far off. I'd rather uh, get off the path here. And my brother said, uh, it was just a sapling. I'd rather have it mowed down as a sapling than, than taken down when it's a whole field in your life and there's no coming back from it. Discipline is a good thing. And last but not least, are you bearing fruit? Look up Galatians chapter 5, 22, around, around. You can look at what uh, fruit looks like in the Spirit. Do you have more self-control? Uh, Do you have more kindness? Do you love? Long stuff? Do you have all these things in increasing measure? Right? Examine yourselves. Just examine yourselves. I'm going to read one more uh, scripture, and then I'm going to give an opportunity for somebody to either come back to the Lord or... Uh, first time, I don't know. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <laughs> Lynn said earlier, I was like, you're such a dork. She said, what if you did if I stuck my hand up? Like, I'd say, about time you get saved. We've been waiting. <laughs> Amen. I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> we have so much fun. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, chapter 5, 16 through 21. This speaks to our responsibility as believers. So we've stopped evaluating, evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, 
reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we can be made right, we can be made right with God through Christ. I'm going to go one step further. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God, uh, God's kindness and then ignore it. Um, maybe there's somebody in here tonight. I don't think so. I know pretty much everybody. Um, close your, or bow your heads. If you do not know Jesus, can you just give me a hand nod and I'll come talk to you. We'll, we'll get the guys together. Does everybody in here know Christ tonight? You, you that you're saved. You know, the first book of First John was written so that you would know these things. So that's a great book to read. The whole book that because that book was written so you would know if you're saved or not and you have eternal life okay anybody running from god you've been running yet saved as a youngster you said some flimsy prayer but you know there's been no change anybody in here like that tonight nobody well that's great news oh okay cool well come and see me after after service and uh dave pete come on up here Siege. Anybody else, guys? Okay, Father God, I thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you that uh, in you we are actually more than conquerors, Lord. We know that we are in a battle. We know that this is a spiritual battle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, Lord, but against the authorities in the high places. Lord, we know this, Lord, but we know that uh, in you, Lord, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. So I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would continually remind us and prompt us to examine ourselves and make sure that we're, we're not getting too far one way or the other. That we're walking with you, Lord. That we're uh, loving others the way we've been called to, to love people. That we're impacting the world for Jesus, Lord. We just uh, thank you for all that you're doing here, Lord. I pray for those that are uh, not with us tonight physically, that you would help their bodies to heal, Lord, um, so they can get back in the fold. So I thank you for uh, 2020 being gone. And Lord, we're, uh, we're embracing 2021. Give us the strength in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Come talk to Pete. <laughs>